welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are the founders of OmniTalk, the fast-growing retail media outlet that is all about the companies, the technologies, and the people that are coming together to shape the future of retail. Or as we like to say, Ann, the retail media organization that focuses on tomorrow today. And do you know what that smell is in the air? Uh, I'm afraid to actually what what is the smell in the air Chris? i wanted to sing like it's beginning to feel smell a lot like grocery shop or feel a lot like grocery shop like you know the christmas song because it is but yeah that's not related to smell I, it's like uh, you're, the well, there's a smell of christmas right evergreen trees pine trees pine trees i don't know what it is but this is a stretch but this is a stretch but you know it's I'm but I, I got that feeling i got that feeling okay. the trade show circuit's about okay. to start and i'm excited in advance of our in advance of our coverage of that show, yes. we are pleased to bring a com- bring you all a conversation with Liz Roach, the Chief Data Officer at Accelerate 360. Most important. Thank you, Liz. You've already saved us from this intro that has become a disaster. We're excited to have you here. <laughs> excited. I resemble that remark, Ed. Yes, Liz, it's great to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Chris and Ann. And Chris, if you decide to put out a grocery shop scented candle, I will be first in line to grab. Thank you very much. Yes, I like you already. Show support. Love oh, it. Liz, don't encourage him. He's that's what <laughs> that's what Omnitox going to be giving away is grocery Ooh, shop. We should get grocery shop scented candles, candles, which I don't know what that smells like exactly. We got to ask Christina like and Roquan a, to get all over that for a us. Cornucopia. That would be sense. awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, Liz, before we get into your current job at Accelerate 360, you are clearly an expert in the data and marketing space. You have quite a background. Yes. Share with our audience a little bit about you. For sure. Yeah. So uh, my background's a bit of a mix between technical engineering roles. So having hands on keyboard, uh, writing scripts, writing code to actually facilitate ad effectiveness, personalization, uh, ad delivery, all kinds of reporting, um, all the way through to more strategic roles. So informing product, innovation, uh, measurement reporting. Most recently, I was at um, Havas Helia leading as GM and uh, chief strategy officer for their CX and um, customer experience practice. And before that, I was at Meta, where I was on the global business solutions team, really developing um, new solutions for grocery drug vertical. So Liz, would it be appropriate to say you're kind of a data wonk? Would, would that be in a, a, a good title or, or not? Am I taking it too far? I'd say it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. I love your candor. All right. So now tell us about Accelerate. What what is A360? How does that work? What are you charged with exactly? Yeah, for sure. So A360 is a really cool place. As the CDO, I'm overseeing everything from digital innovation all the way through to things like sales reporting, dashboard development, as well as our first party data management, first party data enrichment on the media side of our business. So We have, we have a pretty kind of, I don't want to say complex business, but we definitely have a range of, of services all along our flywheel. And we like to say that all of our service are, services are meant to really simplify our partners' lives. So um, everything from wholesale distribution, we're in 56,000 retail locations every week. Um, all the way through to e-commerce solutions. We have our owned marketplace. We also have listing services, uh, and we also have a very significant media business. So some titles that you probably know and love, Men's Journal, Us Weekly, In Touch, Life and Style, and, and some more like that. And you're a big you, Us Weekly fan, right? You read that oh, religiously, yeah. I right? I mean, you got to. Especially... I used to be a Men's Journal subscriber, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you could walk out of a store without grabbing an Us Weekly. 
I mean, it's just kind of a prerequisite, especially throughout the summer. Like you just need some easy reading before you go mm -hmm. to sleep. Got to catch up. And I'm definitely not doing that online right now. It's <laughs> right, nice right. To, it's nice while I'm waiting in line. At the right, store. right. So, so, so effectively, like basically the, the moral of the story, though, is a very broad media presence, many angles to that media presence from the wholesale distribution that probably gets that media content to retailers and then actually creates the content itself. So you guys are moving now into you know, facilitate, there, there's this big talk of the rise of the retail media network, which I'd love to get your impression of as a trend in general, but then how do you play into that as well, given this portfolio of content that you bring to the table? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, we really pride ourselves on these amazing media brands. We have media brands that people love, they trust, they've heard of, mm -hmm. uh, and, and reimagining what those brands could be right They're beyond just the the magazine they're beyond just the dot com they really have this cultural breakthrough power so from our innovation lens bringing that those brands to life in new and different ways is really interesting to us and especially when it comes to the retail media space you said it I mean this space is exploding it's it's unbelievable I feel like every week a new retailer is launching an RMN I, you know you can't escape it right? And do you think that's the right thing? Like, do you think that's the trend that we should be going after? Is it all low hanging fruit at the end of the day? Like, is this a trend to really buy into? Because we've heard from a lot of people that it is. I'm guessing you're going to say yes, but might as well ask you as well. I think it's totally a trend to buy into. I think, I think that, you know, the retailers do harness a lot of the data and they traditionally have held that consumer relationship that brands have really kind of had to take a backseat to and getting involved in retail media for a brand is a way for them to really get involved in that relationship again, instead of having it fully mitigated by the retailer. Um, that said, I think, you know, there's always the danger of sea of sameness, right? Mm -hmm. And the more that these things crop up, the offerings start looking the same. And I do think that's where us, uh, you know, as, as a media partner, really play a crucial role in providing partnership in terms of content differentiation. You know, where can we partner with retail to bring different types of innovation to life, different content to life, knowing that consumers want that interesting content. They want that cultural breakthrough power. Liz, I was actually going to ask you like how your business has changed with the rise of retail media networks. You mentioned, you know, differentiating on content, but can you give me an example of just like how, how things have changed even in the last two years since this has become the topic du jour? Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of measurement, you know, that's what, that's the first thing we're seeing is a lot more brands wanting a lot more measurement. Um, and really, I think that the RMNs are setting the pace for, for that appetite for measurement. I love it. I think it's interesting. And yeah. it's the type of thing that we, as a, as a media company, we want to lean into, we want to be flexible and ad effectiveness is top of mind for us. Uh, I think the other thing that we're considering is how do we play with the retail media networks? And that's the innovation that we're bringing to life right now sure. um, in, in partnership with them and being a premier content partner in developing content specific for retail media networks so they can start delivering differentiated product offerings to their brand partners. So, so that's where they're really, the retailers are really working with you then is in those, in the creation of content to make their retail media network stand out. Is that right? totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into that in more detail here too. And I know Anne has some questions for you on that too, but before I do that, I do want to ask you one thing because, sure. and it's something I picked up and I want to impart, I picked, I picked up on it from my earlier conversation with you about a week ago, which I want to impart on the audience now too, is, is, you know, there's this belief that 
you know, traditional publishing is about to fall by the wayside. And the argument that you made to me is that there's much more nuance to it than that. And, and then that argument that, that I'm arguing, it's almost too simplistic. Am I paraphrasing you right? Like, how would you, what is your take on that whole thing? I think content is a majorly overlooked differentiator. Okay. When we think about interacting with 10,000 plus brands per day and getting these direct response ads, just firing, firing, firing. I mean, what really breaks through is the story. It's the content. It's that nugget that you can remember and you can relay to a friend or a partner over a glass of wine. And that really lives in the content department. It is absolutely the next frontier of performance marketing lives in content. Well, let's dive deeper into that. Um, Mm -hmm. I want, especially for the listeners at grocery shop, I really want people to understand like what that looks like when they, when your customers do have a thousand messages coming at you every day, how are you working with those, those retailers to create that unique content? What types of things, like you said, are the, how do you tell the stories? How are you creating that content that sticks in the memories of the customer? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, really we're basing all of the content that we develop. We're developing content capsules and partnerships with retailers. Okay. And all of these content capsules are born from the DNA of our editorial. They're authentic and they're, they're relevant. They're culturally relevant. They bring that timeliness that customers want to read about. They want to hear about, and they can add that really interesting context, that flavor to brands, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, something from men's journal about being the king of the tailgate, or whether it's, you know, something from us weekly about, Um, sprucing up your wardrobe for spring, right? Or sprucing up your pantry for spring. Um, All of those things are are really content-rich things that our editors can latch on to and help bring brands in in partnership with retail. And explain for me too, Liz, like what's the customer interaction there? Is it, I'm going on the, like say Albertson's app or something, the, the king of the tailgate example that you're giving, like, is that, how is that being fed up to me? And then how am I getting to the point of purchase of that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's content that lives, you know, with us on our, on our publications, our dot coms. Um, We develop advertorial content. So, you know, we, we develop all of that immersive storytelling about those products and about that thematic. Uh, And then we also pass it off to our retailer so they can redistribute it, whether it's through social, whether they want to deploy it in open programmatic, however, they really want to get it out there. Mm. They can all directing back to dot com to really drive that purchase. Yeah. So it essentially gives them more available inventory to position in their ad network to their CPG companies, their manufacturers that they want to do business with from the Absolutely. Ad network, right. That's the, it's that's the content right here. It's content and it's inventory. So it's, it's definitely uh, what, what RMN needs right now. Right. With authority too. Right. That's the other the content authority to your point that you were making before. Well, what does it, what does it actually look like in practice? So say I'm a retailer and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm buying what you're throwing down here, Liz. This makes sense to me. What, how do you actually do this? Like, cause that's always the thing for me. It's like, oh, it sounds good in practice, but like, how do I do the work? Like what's all entailed there? Yeah, it's actually pretty simple. The way that we've been working with retailers so far is to really collaborate off the top and start deciding when they want to start developing programs for, you know, looking at their calendars and starting to identify where we might be able to play together. And then from there, our editorial team starts coming up with interesting content capsules, interesting thematics, as well as some different products or different brands that would easily be able to play within those thematics. 
We pass that back off to the retailer. Their sales team can go pitch and win. And then from there, we start integrating those brands back into the content to really deliver that authentic experience. So it sounds like it's a, it sounds like it's a real collaborative approach to totally. content creation, which, which in a lot of ways, I think, Anne, you would probably agree. And you have much more experience in advertising and marketing than I do, um, which is, you know, it makes sense because if, when you're, when you're leaning in on content, you have to take a special angle of that content. This is yeah. not something like, Hey, this is a piece of software that you're just clicking into and you're saying, okay, you know, here's how it works. It's mm-hmm. actually a collaborative partnership here that to make this happen. Is that right, Liz? Am I thinking about that the right way? Absolutely. And I think when, when we think about innovation, innovation always has to be collaboration, right? None of this has been done before. So we have to be able to sit down at the table with a retailer and say, how can we solve what you want to solve together? And then what's our V2? What are our our APIs and what's V2? Because that's what this is all about. Iterating, optimizing, and um, continuing to, continuing to innovate and bring new things to the table. Do you have an example of going from, I'm curious, do you have an example of going from V1 to V2 with a client? You don't have to necessarily name it, but I'm curious off, you know, off the top of your head, if you can walk us through what that actually looked like in practice with a client. Yeah, sure. I think one, one interesting thing that we've heard from a client was that, you know, developing a different theme for every month, for example, of the year, Mm -hmm. um, was a little bit more challenging for a sales team to grasp. Okay. So (laughs) getting them to getting them to get trained up on this. So what every month and, and developing a new theme and then getting out with that new theme every month was more challenging. So we started uh, developing content capsules that were more extended. So they, they were kind of uh, more of episodic content capsules that could be replayed every month. Um, Think about different seasonal refreshes, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of, instead of kind of having that constant shift, um, having one thematic that could play out over several quarters or even over the course of a year. How does Liz, how does this fit in with other things that the retailers are doing in terms of creating their own content? I mean, I I love what you said about how we're like creating this library of content that retailers can put out a few times a year. But, you know, as you think about, you know, written content, as you think about video content that people are starting to bring back or retailers are starting to bring back to their sites, how does this kind of fit in and evolve? Is it just going to be the advertorial? Do you think, is it, is it, are there other options? Like what, what are I looking at if I'm a grocery retailer listening? Totally. And it's such a good question. And it's something that we're actively working on right now with live shopping. So live shopping is, is Mm -hmm. one that a lot of retailers have approached us about specifically because they want us to be able to drive the content and really set the stage, get the talent and honestly Mm -hmm. post the thing and make it a Mm co-branded, whether it's us weekly or whether it's a men's journal, make it a co-branded live, live shopping event. So, so I think, you know, it, it really has no it, podcasting is another one, right? How do we get audio content right. together? Um, we we get a lot of that from our retailers, so they have a strong desire to bring this content home. But I think they're really looking for partners to help and partners with the expertise to help. Yeah, and the voice that makes sense. Yeah, it does. There's one thing we haven't we haven't it actually hasn't come up that much uh, surprising in this conversation, especially since I kind of josh you a little bit about it in the beginning. Is the word data. Uh, talk to us about, you know, this whole conversation within the context of first party data and what, you know, taking these approaches enable one to do as a retailer, say, versus now versus the, the other options that are out there or used to be out there. It's probably a better yeah, way to put it. Totally. So I, I think from our perspective, 
first party data, especially that's common language. And that's, that's kind of the, hmm. the lowest common denominator in terms of how we interact with, with the retail environment. The CVS shopper, the Albertson shopper, name your shopper is also the men's journal consumer, is also the, the Us Weekly reader, right? Is also the name your shopper. So really acknowledging that shared audience is super important. And that's why first party data and understanding those insights becomes ever more important for us. From our perspective, mm-hmm. the more value we can bring to our retailers. So the more we can tell you about what your what what is your shopper interested in outside of your four walls right. um, that makes us a better partner and it also helps us develop better content for them i think the other piece that i know i touched on in the beginning is we also have e-commerce as part of our business we we have e-commerce marketplaces as part of us weekly mm-hmm. um and having all of those sales data points combined with all of these first party data con- uh points about consuming content really gives us an interesting authority on trend prediction. We can start understanding the stuff that you like to read and the stuff that you're buying. And when we start weaving those data points together, it gives us a very, very differentiated viewpoint on what the consumer wants, um, which really dovetails very nicely into our wholesale distribution business, right? Yeah, that's so cool. I just think about the, the old days of like, placing advertorials. I remember in my advertising days, it's like, we think this person is the same as this person, but here's our closest guest. And we surveyed 10 hundred people or whatever. So it's really cool what you're talking about, Liz, how you could really now get this, this 360 picture, like you said, outside the four yeah. walls of the room. And I didn't even know advertorial was a word until just oh, now. I feel like I'm in, you've the, read, I feel like you've I'm, read I feel like plenty I'm in of them, the know I'm sure. advertising walks, but, but Liz, I've been, actually the point Anne was bringing up, it makes me think of something else too. Like just off the top of my head, when I think about the brands you talked about, Men's Journal, Us Weekly, that's a pretty desirable demographic too, right? For retailers, like you guys bring a lot to the table there in terms of, you know, probably I'm guessing income spend, you know, interest in new products. Like I'm just going down the merchandising ranks of things that I would care about as a former retail merchant or recovering merchant. Like, <laughs> is that true? Like tell what are, what are, what is, what, am I thinking that, thinking about that in the right way? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, our demographics are great. Our audience is, is phenomenal. Um, they are, they are the buyers of the household, right? They are interested in new products, definitely in discovery mode, really receptive to marketing right. and advertising, skew a little higher on an income level, self-described spendy versus thrifty. So they're definitely in that sweet spot. Um, so, you know, from, from that perspective, getting them to try new things or, or bringing them new innovation, it's a great testing ground to absolutely. And are you spendy or thrifty? Oh, I'm definitely thrifty. I was going to say, Liz, <laughs> this, this is the one, I'm the one outlier in the data. Okay. Side. Like we don't yeah, know I don't about too, that I love one. Us Weekly. Yeah, no, I do for I sure. I, not to I say mean, it's all Us Weekly, but, but yeah. Maybe it's more of a champagne taste and high life budget sort of situation. Oh, right. yeah. But um, no, I love, I, I think that, but you're right. Like that demographic is so critical right now to, to grab onto Liz, what about the next generation that's coming in? Like, how are you, you and your team thinking about helping retailers kind of grab that next, you know, Gen Z as they're consuming content in a variety of forms, how are you going after them and helping your retail partners? So for us, you know, we're, we're looking at this very much holistically, so yeah, we're definitely partnering with RMNs. We definitely want that content out there. And that's a big part of it. But we're also taking our media brands 
and introducing innovative merchandising programs. So okay. we have a Us Weekly now trending merch program live right now in um, stores across the U.S. In stores. And- yeah, in stores. Yeah, okay. So these are fixtures in stores, end caps, floor displays. We ship them, we set them, we manage everything, and they feature these really on-trend seasonal products. And I think when you're talking about attracting the next generation of shopper, getting them back in store, getting them back into grocery, getting them back into mm-hmm. drug, you got to bring what's on trend. Yes. And we have a really unique ability to basically do that because we are in 56,000 locations every week. Mm -hmm. So we can bring those super on-trend products. And because we have all that first-party data, we can begin to predict all of those on-trend products and really get ahead of the curve and actually source those products for our retail partners. So we're live right now. A lot of really, really encouraging early results. I wish I could say more. Um, All I can say is extremely encouraging. And I would say look for V2 and V3 of these programs as well. But that's an interesting angle as a part of the retail media network conversation is that you have the wholesale distribution network to complement the things that you're doing in the digital media space through those advertising networks, right? So so if I say back to you, like what you just said too, like, so you're saying to me basically like, say I want to look at what's in, I'm making this up, Kim Kardashian's bag, right? The 10 things she takes on her trip. You guys work with the retailers to to, to place that inventory content in the, in the marketplace. And then you're saying you could, in fact, complement that idea from a merchandising perspective in store too, should one want to. Is that essentially the idea? Absolutely. So that's that's kind of the V2, V3 that we would dream of. How do these two worlds converge? Right now, we, we're we're quick to innovate, which is how why we've kind of gone content capsule RMN, mm-hmm. uh, in-store merch programs with merch teams. But we're absolutely looking to V2, V3 of how these converge and, and how we can really get these things to play together to drive more impact. Well, it seems like it's it's more content. It's getting getting back to, for the grocers listening, like it's more content that you have available to you. Not only do you have right. the opportunity to make that an end cap in store, but you can leverage that on your own social channels. Like right. you can take 100%. that and, you know, if, do like you, you said, I love, I obviously love what's in the, my bag. Uh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> features, but, uh, but also it, the only other one, Liz, I want to know is like, how do you get stars? there just like us to be like in the grocery store. That's what I want to see next is like, <laughs> this is the, my grocery list. Yes. Oh yeah. That's Josh a great Hartnett idea though. Also buys yeah. like kale. So this is the kale brand. Josh Hartnett. <laughs> really? Oh my <laughs> no, God. You went Minnesota. That's the first one that came oh, to my mind. God. But, no, but it's a great point though. Yeah. So I, I mean, have you started, is this, is this still kind of part of V2, V3 phase, or is that something that you're starting to see retailers be like, oh yeah, um, not only do you provide us a content calendar, but now we're starting to do these executions in stores. And we have like all of this content that then explodes from that. That's what the retailers are looking for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, it, I mean, it's, it's really one begets the next, you know, and Part of part of being on an innovation team, and and you know my team is innovation within A360. That's how we're defined. Mm-hmm. Is being open to that. I, mm-hmm. A lot of times we we'll walk into these meetings, and a retailer will have a better idea than we walked in with. And right. and you know be, being able to say, oh yeah, that's that's great, that's great. We'll take it back. Is is um is absolutely been the name of the game. And I think where we've been able to find a lot of success is that we're we're agile and and we're ready for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I'd say too, is like, as, as much as we're doing this for a grocery shop, our audience is broader than grocery too. Yes. And more people will listen to this than just grocers. I think the other thing I'd say too, is like, given the stable of content you guys have, when you think about it that way, which is truly 
for lack of a better word, an omni-channel way of thinking about right. an execution like this. It also enables you to be very pinpointed and micro-targeted to different segments of an industry, whether it be electronics, whether it be beauty, you know, beauty. Uh, I was thinking like outdoor spaces, Mm -hmm. right? Like all of those things that people traditionally like to do as recreations Mm -hmm. as well, like all play into this angle um, in addition. So, well, Liz, that was awesome. That was great. Um, If people are, are, people are listening to this, they want to get in touch with you. And especially if someone's out at grocery shops, listen to this podcast, you know, we're going to, it's coming out the week beforehand. Like they want to get in touch with you or that while they're out there, meet with you, pick your brain. What's the best way for them to do that? I will be at grocery shop. So will my team. And we would love to meet with you. So uh, hit us up on LinkedIn or shoot me an email. And I suppose I can give you guys my email and we can include yeah, it. Yeah, do it for sure. Okay. All right, great. And uh, yeah, would love to would love to meet at grocery shop. Do you want to say it right now? You can even say sure. it right now if you want. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's just eroach, eroach at accelerate360.com. And Roach is R-O-C-H-E. That's it. For those that are interested. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liz Roach, the Chief Digital Officer at Accelerate 360 for sitting down with us today. And as always, to everyone out there, be careful out there.